Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I'm your host, D-Palm. Follow me on Twitter at D-Palm66. Follow the show on Twitter at UDPod. Follow the entire MTR network at, you guessed it, the MTR network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts for absolutely free 99. I know what you're thinking. D-Palm, you just put out a podcast with your pops. Y'all talking about sports. It was great. Talk about Georgia football. It's positive for now. But I'm here today because, no, okay, so the guest today is Aaron. Say what's up, Aaron. Hey, what's going on, folks? Thanks. All right, great. I've been doing some form of podcasting for around nine years now. I started at uh, Doogee Podcast with the Doogee Crazy doing the Georgia stuff. That ran for 190 podcasts. I moved over to everything I do over to. MTR between Super Tuesday and Character Corners and the premium stuff and 200 some odd episodes of UD Pod. I've done a lot of talking on the internet. At no point have I felt compelled to have an emergency professional wrestling podcast. At no point have I said, I need to talk to someone about this here event that hath occurred. I haven't been in my house screaming on a Sunday night looking for something. Like, this is one of those things where, like, this is why wrestling should happen in bars. Like, moments like that should happen in a bar around people who you know and love and are cheering for the things you're cheering for. Yes. Um, we, I, I don't want to do, I don't want to begin the show by derailing it, but I realize what's happening is this is the first time as wrestling fans in a long time where I'm able to comfortably hope and enjoy ourselves. Um, WWE, bless them for all they've done, have spent a lot of energy in just swerving fans for swerving fans' sake. And as a result, we're not allowed to sit down and be like, I'm going to have a good time and then get lost in it. It's kind of what makes the Marvel movies so good is because you kind of none of the Marvel movies are based around swerves. They're based around giving you what the fuck you want for 90 minutes and then shuttling you back off to the parking lot. WWE does not do that. And AEW does, and that's a marked difference in how the shows are received now. And there's more, people are just having more fun for that reason. I would never watch a major WWE pay-per-view in a bar. I would never, ever, because I don't want, first of all, it's embarrassing. It was embarrassing years ago. And then the booking was weird. So you can't get into anything because you're kind of like trying to juke that crazy old man, trying to swerve you while you're trying to have fun, but he's not want you to, he don't want you to guess what's going to happen. So you can't quite get a beat on what's going to happen because anything can happen because he wants that. But sometimes that's not fun. That's not fun. Sometimes I just want CM Punk to um, hit Darby Allen with a go to sleep because he hasn't been here for a decade. That's it. It's and it's it's in Chicago. It's amazing how I, so I played college football and we had a saying my coach used to say to us. It's a very simple game: run, block, tackle, throw, catch. You guys make it complicated. Yeah. And that's how I feel about wrestling sometimes. Yeah. It doesn't have to be complicated. No. No. Just take guys. Wrestle like wrestling is best booked. And it's fine if you book wrestling like you're playing with action figures. It's fine. If you can navigate the 2K19 universe mode in a way that's satisfying for you, you can book wrestling. Yeah. And yeah. Tony Khan books wrestling like a guy who has spent a lifetime on 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 booking message boards and 
designed on not just giving people what they want, but in a way that they want, in a way that's not just palpable, but desired. Yeah. And yeah. we're going to talk about the whole card. We're going to go match by match. But overall, I want to say one big thing about all elite wrestling. I didn't dare to dream. So I did not grow up a WWF kid. I grew up a WCW kid based in the providence of where I grew up. Yeah. I grew up in the, not even in WWE. So I, I came to wrestling in like 93, 94, like beginnings of WCW, Bischoff's beginning to take over. So 96, I'm, I'm in. And that's when the NBO happens. Yeah. So for me, wrestling's always been something different than what it turned into with the WWE implication of everything. It was always a bit grimier, a bit grittier, a bit more the world outside your window, if you will, of pro wrestling. Yes. And now, <laughs> this is like WCW if Eric Bischoff had been truly been given the reins and the money and didn't have to book around egos. Because as we all know, he was given the reins, but Ted Turner still had the money, so he had, could do what he wanted as long as he asked, which is always that weird, wonderful paradox that probably doomed WCW. Yes. I didn't believe I could ever get WCW done right, Aaron. This is... Juventud Guerrero did a spot show. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> to, that, to, that book, is... to book towards a mid-card match. Her all out. That sentence alone is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Is um it's fun to dream. Fun. You don't even realize you don't even realize how antagonistic the relationship with WWE and its audience is until you watch AEW for any protracted period of time. Like they have an entire show. The entire show rampage is just basically an hour of popping the crowd, and then they send you back to watch whatever TNT movie or TBS movie comes on afterwards. That's it. There's no other reason why it exists. It just will. It will. I imagine that's what it will do every week. It will give you a multi-man tag match, a little bit of story development. The face will always win on Friday. Send you into the weekend happy. Great. That's it. They might they might end the match during a picture-in-picture picture to to help pop their uh, their commercial ratings. Which they did last week with the Orange Cassidy. Oh yeah, the match did end during commercial break. But it was on pur- like they confirmed it was on purpose. They confirmed they can do that probably once or twice a year just so people stick around more because of the huge drop they do get in commercials, even with picture in picture. Which, all in all, again, a smart fuck. Like it just it is so strange to watch wrestling be booked intelligently and not intelligent in like a oh this is exactly what I would do because it's not exactly what I would do, but intelligently in a way that. It respects the fan, it respects the consumer, and it respects the artist. It respects the guys who you're going to go ask to go out there and execute your vision. Yeah. I'm not putting you in Flash Gordon bondage. There is a picture floating around of Karrion Cross during the beginning of uh, Moxley's independent run of them head-to-head in the ring, and it's like, man, things could have gone left real fast. Yes. Are we, gonna, are, we ever, are we ever going to talk about Karrion Cross? That's a shame. He got, That's, he got I, I mean... You see, you see, you see Adam Cole slide under that door and like Indiana Jones, reach back under and grab his hat and pop up on all out real smooth. <laughs> Adam Cole out there, you reach back under Adam there. Adam Cole in post-match interviews confirming the rumors that they all forgot when his contract ended and that he signed the extension to te- help out Kyle O'Reilly, one of his best friends on the planet. Bro, I was sitting there, I, Erica was like, 
Erica is saying that he didn't say anything because they didn't say anything. Because you know how that is when you're leaving. You don't want to be yeah. there anyway. So they didn't say anything. So he was just like, all right. <laughs> Nobody said a word. And then they hit him up and they hit him up way too late. Way and I'm, too late. I'm just fascinated by this clerical error. <laughs> like that. The, Who Brian, the Brian thing's more fascinating to me. Um, well, Brian had an actual, there was an actual choice. Adam Cole Adam Cole had a very easy choice. Daniel Bryan did not. Because Brian, for everyone else who had problems there, Brian loves it there. Like he, right. those people, like he, he went out of his way to be effusive, but he was also very much like, all the things I'm saying are true, and I still left. Yes, which is really damning. Which is saying, it's like Adam, like you know, Adam Cole, like his wife and his two best friends, and all these fans, and it's like a there's like a place for him that literally is the same place that he left, except better. He went to he went <laughs> so, to finishing school for four years. Right, and he left, and there's literally, for the record, the same feud that he left, that he stopped, that he interrupted. It's amazing. It still exists right now. Except the next for 700,000 people are watching it. In the company's friend zone. <laughs> Bro, the same feud. He left before he started because he was, remember there was that big kerfuffle about who the leader of essentially the American Bullet Club was? Right. You're right. And he went to Japan to try and prove himself. And then he went to WWE shortly thereafter. So it fizzled out and they kind of replaced him with Cody. And it was okay. And, um, but that same feud is still right there. As, be, they, as they closed the show, they kept the camera centered on Cole, not Kenny, which is very funny. Um, nice. Let's talk about, let's go through the event. So in case you haven't caught up, I apologize if I didn't like, properly introduce this. We're talking about All Elite Wrestling All Out. It occurred uh, September 5th, 2021. It is the culmination of 100 episodes of Dynamite, of weekly television, of them trying to become a household name. If you want to know a comparison point, if you're a wrestling fan, episode 100 of WCW's Nitro was when Luger, uh, submitted Hogan in the middle of the ring to take the title back to the NWO. Um, that's where we are in the timeline. Let's start with all that. Pre-show, I don't know if it's called a pre-show anymore because it's there are called, people in this called, match. Go ahead. It's called the buy-in. The buy-in. You know what? That's that, It makes it sound better, too, because there are people in this match who have main invented Dynamite repeatedly. The best friends, Jurassic Express, took on the Harley family office I love everyone in this match. I love – so this match for me is emblematic of why I love AEW, and I'm, we're going to be effusive. We're very – we're two wrestling fans. We're very much on the high of something that I don't know if we thought was possible in 2021. Oh. To have expectations blown in such a way, even when we knew certain things were coming. Um, this match matters to me because it shows how they respect and use their older talent. The use of Matt Hardy to get these young guys over, I don't know why it seems like it's hard. Because it's not. Um, and I say young talents like Jack Evans isn't my age. Uh, the way it's always been very strange how legends in WWE have worked. Because they were never quite real people. And they were always tangible props. And I never understood how that was a thing. Like, I never understood how, what's the point of having these people on the show? They have value. And I always say, I've always said that the AEW treats older wrestlers like Kung Fu movies treat old masters. You know what I mean? Where it's like, there's an have there's like, they have all types of strange buffs because they've been fighting for far too long. We'll never understand their character builds as a 50 year old man can fling a 20 year old man with a punch, but he also can't run or jump, <laughs> you know? 
And um, there's a general respect for all of them and everything that they've done. And it's okay. Like it's, it's something about the way that they are portrayed, that it is okay to enjoy the fact that they are here just objectively like we're we're we get to enjoy the fact that matt hardy was apparently the brains of the operation it's the best and we're allowed to to watch him be a dastardly heel who leads to them almost trying to shame orange cassidy which gets a bunch of faces uh facetime on a pay-per-view where they're not normally on the pay-per-view so yeah i for one say bravo especially the buy-in which is is the free portion of the program if you're a casual viewer you say well, there's so much people who i don't recognize and someone i do and matt hardy and i seem to be paying attention to him in the way that I would do as well. So it allows you to connect, it allows you to intro, introduce, and it allows you to kick off the pay-per-view in specific. I think if you could let Miro and Eddie Kingston just talk for 15 minutes a week, I'd be okay with it. Yes. But I, I um, we, it's just one of those things, like remember, it was one of those people that they, Miro's one of those people that were told, were tagged as a person that couldn't talk, when mm-hmm. in fact he's hilarious and extremely good and this whole redeemer character is just kind of perfect that's <laughs> i think we mentioned it before that the redeemer character is absolutely the perfect turn for this character so but it's even more perfect when you look at the AEW timeline of miro and how they missed early they were wrong this is not how you book this character i don't care how much input he had let's talk to him let's sit him down and say hey man i know this is more you but this isn't entertaining they do oh. the pivot to the redeemer and Oh my God, it's so it's horrifying. And Eddie I Kingston think... talks like he thinks it's all a shoot. I love that. That's his entire demeanor is this is a shoot, right? I don't know why. Why are you guys? Why are there lights? Why are there cameras? This is all really happening. Yes, that. But that's always been his shtick. It's mm-hmm. carried his. It's carried. It's just we've never been in a spot where we've allowed where we trusted Eddie Kingston to let that be what he's good at. Like right. it's the reason why we had oh, Eddie King is an Eddie Kingston was a career indie guy. Even in Impact, they wouldn't let him wrestle. They would only <laughs> let him talk. They wouldn't let him wrestle. Like he was um there was a whole year-long narrative about new LAX versus old LAX, and him and Conan were going back and forth, but they wouldn't let Kingston wrestle. And now we're at the point where we just kind of let him wrestle and let whatever and it and it's weird because the way he wrestles fits his character perfectly. Everything about him is perfect, one solid character. I just never realized it. Like I'm I never, because AEW lets him wrestle more than I've ever seen him wrestle. And I was like, why were they? But of course, Impact was Impact. Can I ask, like, can I ask a serious question that's going to sound like a joke? What? How does it feel that your Impact knowledge like makes you invaluable like to a lot of people and understanding this stuff? Um, one of the, it's one of the things, again, Erica pointed out, is I'm happier talking about wrestling because I always thought that this was just something that would die with me, to be very blunt. Like all the wrestling oh. I watched, like, the people, people stopped watching wrestling but also there was the um, the narrative that if you are not in WWE, your career has no value. Right. So there were a lot of indie wrestlers that, you know, no one cared. Nobody cared that I knew who Kevin Owens was. Nobody cared about Adam Cole and Ring of Honor. Nobody right. cared, like, nobody cared about the fact that, like, you know, the Young Bucks have failed several. This is the first really major successful Young Bucks heel run, by the way, because every time they try to turn heel, everyone starts cheering for them after a month because they do something that everybody likes. They do a terrible thing that everybody likes. And, you know, knowing knowing this stuff now, it's nice to know that my time isn't wasted and that <laughs> now my time is being hypervalued. Like, I, I know things that other people objectively don't know, and I didn't think it would ever matter, ever. Speaking of hypervalued time, They've invested in making Miro. 
giving your monster an Achilles heel is very important. Oh, my God. That's so savvy. <laughs> because what always happens is the, the monster always loses randomly, and it's annoying. It's always and it's never the same again. And it's never the same. But it's like, no, no, no. Is this, eventually someone's going to drop him on his head from such a height, he will lose. And that's it. And that's that's it. He's not good. There's nothing else is going to beat him, but we can see it. Like what happened to Braun Strowman? Braun Strowman would always randomly lose. Mm-hmm. If we knew he had a weakness, it would have made it more palatable. But like, you know, it, it, this is the first time I've ever seen them book a big man with a proper weakness that he must, that he overcomes. So even if he is a heel long enough and he overcomes it long enough, then eventually we will start cheering for him because he is actually overcoming a tangible weakness in his journey. It's it's a built-in hero's journey, and I, it's done so deftly that there's nothing I can do but just, bravo, it was a wonderful match, wonderful demonstration on what, if if it's your first time buying a pay-per-view, it was a wonderful demonstration of the product. Miro's sell, his chest selling the attack so well, beautifully done. And then to, for your next match, okay, so essentially what they've done is they told John Moxley, you're having a kid, it's been the pandemic. You care, it's the pandemic. Uh, here's a list of wrestlers. Who do you want to wrestle from Japan? And he's just been checking them off no. his list because Kojima was being wrestled like I... awesome. The um the his 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 po- like it's an interesting thing because usually what happens is people lose a title and then they kind of weirdly fuck off, and it's like they're in the periphery but you don't quite understand why. But John Moxley is in this quest to get as violent, to wrestle as many violent people as humanly possible. That's why he's not in the title picture, because he's trying to kill people and die. <laughs> like, that's what he's actively doing. He's finding only the most insane wrestler. You saw I won the GCW title, right? I, I, yes, I did. Yeah, so he's, and he's going to wrestle Nick Gage. So. I, wrestle is a strong word. Wrestle is a strong listen, word. legal, legally, him and Nick Gage are going to go and wrestle legally. A wrestling match says says the legal binding document that says they need to be there to wrestle each other at the same time. Then he's gonna wrestle Suzuki and Gage within a month of each other. This okay, so goal. okay, so so let's finish the Kojima match because the big the big moves, the choke, like the two paradigm shifts to win it. Kojima mentioned how much how much he enjoyed hearing the crowd. Like if you told me five years ago that Kojima is not just going to be wrestling on American television, it's going to be safe pay per view, and the crowd's going to go batshit. And then yeah. Suzuki's going to come. The crowd's going to. Susan was like, "I'm sorry, is the crowd singing along?" I'm like, it, "Yes, that music yeah. means violence. That music means someone's about to get hurt. Like that's what that music means." It's such a beautiful song. It's such a beautiful song. It's a beautiful song. Japanese man. And he comes out, and he comes out with his hands in his pockets too, and I'm like, oh my god. Oh no! <laughs> I, I was like, should I run? I'm safe in my house, right? I shouldn't run. I'm safe, but I don't feel safe because the camera's awfully close to him. No, I I, no, I'm just gonna back away from the television just to be. Just to... I'll sit up. I was like, I want to be flexible in case he needs me to move quickly. I want to make sure I can. And it was wild to me because. Moxley's blown up into this giant-sized human being since leaving WWE, yes. and Suzuki didn't look diminutive next to him. I was like, oh, this this is true violence. And they're giving it to us on free television on Wednesday. Yes. Yes, they're also on giving Wednesday. Yes, like I said, they're just they're just keeping the energy going. They're they're keeping the energy. They're not starting over after a major pay-per-view. They're going to keep going. We have to. We're going to keep going. 
And that's what the that's what the that's what the show did. That's what kills me is that this was the pace, except for one, I think a huge booking mistake we'll talk about later. The the pace of this event kept you to the point where I couldn't refill a drink. Oh yeah, no, I couldn't use the bathroom. No, I actually had that. I had that exact problem. I could not use the bathroom um, until they had Paul White come out, and then everybody. We'll talk about him. Uh, Britt Baker, Chris Statlander. Look, if this was four years ago, no, see, this was six years ago, and this was NXT, we'd talk about Britt Baker like Sasha Banks. We would, yes. I just want to make sure we all agree upon that. Yes. Fucking wrestle. Yes. She is the she is uh, and Chris Statlander has great chemistry with her. Oh my god, they're so good. That was the, I think that was my favorite looking match for Britt Baker. Like that looks that looked overwhelmingly smooth mm-hmm. from beginning to end. I think Britt that's Baker, one of the Britt things I'm... Still, still a little rough on the edges, you know what I mean? Yes, so yes. so so a lot of it is a lot of character work and a developing wrestler, but that was the smoothest match I've ever seen Britt Baker wrestle from beginning. But that's the most fun part about AEW. Even the people who can be find themselves on top, you're watching them get better as wrestlers. Like appreciably right. not in a oh, that sequence from last month that I remember exactly is more smooth now. It's in a oh, they're better in the ring. You're watching them move more confidently. Like you said, this was probably my favorite, most smooth Britt Baker performance to date. Yes. And Statlander did an amazing job of selling that the, the end of that match. Oh my God. The the uh, the, uh, the well two things. I like them orange, getting orange breaking character and yelling at yeah, Chris Statlander right. to get and having her shoot up into the ring and everyone stop for a second and everyone was like yeah. <laughs> everyone in the audience went silent for a second. He was yelling and everyone was like wait yeah. It's like watching the dog talk. It's like, whoa. Yeah. He got worked up and everything, and she flew into the ring. I was like, okay, y'all. I love that relationship, by the way. I, I, that Statlander and Orange Cassidy, they just have they have a natural chemistry just as a pair of wrestlers together. Absolutely superb. Um, and, and, and they leaned into it as a company. They saw it and leaned into it. Crazy. Yep. And, and uh, crazy, they didn't, yeah. And Britt Baker hit the Pittsburgh Sunrise, which I've never seen before. <laughs> <laughs> so like they're telling you what's like that's a killer look so they're gonna tell us like, it's like so it's coming but by the, right. by the way you forget because so much cool shit happens between right that moment and the rest of the card because after the Britt baker match and i don't know how we're supposed to talk about this match it's the aew tag team championship in a cage the lucha brothers versus the young bucks i say this as someone who's not particularly enamored with the young bucks shtick don't really love them that much that's the greatest tag team match I've ever seen in my entire life. Go out of your way to see it. I'd like to apologize to the Young Bucks uh, diehards. I guess at the high end of what they do, it's amazing. It's the, the middle and low end I have problems with. But the high end of what they do, I get it. I love I love those idiots so much. I do. I, 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 I enjoy how they go about it. I enjoy how much time I enjoy how much time they spend. They're, they're, they're all all of their matches are one law. It, it seems silly, but they do. They are kind of pulling the audience around from match to match, and yeah. they're they're very they're very good at telling a very long story. But they're so goofy, <laughs> nobody's quite paying attention to it until you see something like this. Like they've had a whole series of matches with the Lucha Brothers well before AEW. This is a long time coming. You know what I mean? Like this is the those two in those two tag teams are the best, I would say they're the best pairing of tag teams ever. And to finally let the Lucha, Lucha Brothers never go over on the Bucks, really, when it matters. Ever. 
ever. So for them to go over now, it not only was it time, but it was perfect. And it was the peak of the Bucks being annoying. Like, this is the first time I've ever seen a Bucks heel turn work. Like, usually what happens is the Bucks are annoying, and then they, they keep making the crowd laugh or do something crazy that the crowd likes, like the super kick party, which was supposed to be a massive violent act of violence. Everyone loved it. And they did that. They, they did that. And then um, when Cole joined the Bullet Club again, it was supposed to be a thing. If they would too, they would be, every not, a lot of the heel turns never settle. This is the first time where the crowd they came out and the crowd booed them. The crowd wanted the Lucha Brothers to win. Now, granted, it's because of Chicago. I'm certain there was a hand, a good solid Latino population people in Chicago. <laughs> solid, solid. I'm just gonna I'm gonna understate and say solid. But it was good to see that their heel term, and, and it's like, you know, some people were like, the Bucks are annoying. I'm like, I think this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to be genuinely, objectively laser-focused, so annoying. The biggest, the biggest problem of their previous heel turn attempts, you can only be as good a heel as the face you're facing. Yes. And now they've got Jurassic Express. They've got yes. the Lucha Brothers. Like they've got a bevy of different kinds of faces to beat dickheads around. Bro. And then and, and, and the luchas are they're like they're like the tag team of a whole of like so many they're they are so important to so many people like they're just natural they're just like natural top faces for huge chunks of the globe without even without you don't have to do anything right Cause, now cause zero rabies, and you're just over as over as rover as the kids say right so it's just it, as it was, it was the best tag team match I have ever seen. If, I, if there's was, one thing you pirate from this event, watch this match. Yeah, yeah, watch a few on YouTube and watch it like with the weird mirror screen or the inlay. Whatever you got to do, this is the match you you do something morally questionable to watch. The um, Lucha Brothers were the best tag team of all time. I'll say that. Since I, I, I have fought that for a while, but let's have a conversation. Um. Yeah. Next up, cool down the crowd because how the hell do you follow that? Casino Battle Royale. I like seeing the lots of different types of women talent they've got. Yes. And it's not all under contract, but it's people that I feel they've got access to. Right. But when your final four is Nyla Rose, Ty Conti, Thunder Rosa, and Ruby fucking Soho, we're going to be all right. We're going to yeah. be A-OK AEW Women's Division. Just give them more time. Please, please just put, just even even if do the crazy thing and have a show that's more women's wrestling than men's wrestling. Just do it. Do it. Please stop being cowards and do it. I would like to see more of those. I've never, and I'll say this, is one thing about AEW is they'll do a women's world battle royale where I care about every single person that comes down the aisle. I could stand to watch an all-women's pay-per-view for AEW because I know and care about all of those women characters. I want to see them all develop. I want I want more of it. My favorite my favorite um privately is Layla Hirsch. I um I want her to um I want I just want little little I just want a Taz like character development where she comes out and drops everyone on their heads and taps them out for like legit Layla legit Layla. I'll tell you what man no bullshit. I <laughs> I was a believer in all the stories you've heard in the last three years about the hidden gem that is that was Ruby Riot, aka Heidi Lovelace, aka Ruby Soho. You'd see flashes of it. You'd see it when they let other talent got there, with like when they let um, Rousey work with her. And you're like, oh shit, look how good Ruby is. Right. 
And for them to, for someone finally to say, all right, here's some room. Let's get you hot shot to the main event, to the, the top of this card. Let's see you get a future shot against Britt Baker DMD. Let's see how it felt like the Brian thing we're talking about later. You say you're elite. Let's see how good you really are. Like that's who Ruby So is. The bar just got raised for women's wrestling in that in AEW, and I couldn't be more excited for it. I don't, I don't understand why WWE didn't. I I, think I don't care at this point. She's not five women's wrestling. Like I don't know. Like a certain there are certain wrestlers that you should secure if you just want to have good wrestling on your television. And I don't understand why they were not throwing money at her. She is she's probably my top five favorite. Definitely top ten in the world to me. At the very least, uh, she's she is unbelievably good, and um, yes, yeah. Any, anyone who doesn't know this, just go back and rewatch all. Just watch her through the match. Watch when she's doing when she's the focus. Watch when she's not. Watch how it's she's a very 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 good professional wrestler, and it's, I'm excited for her some spotlight. MJF, the best professional wrestler, versus Chris Jericho. He came down to the Y2J entrance. Yes. You know what? If JF was cheeks in the ring, he'd still be fantastic. But he's so, not. He's good. He's so good. He's I so love good. that he doesn't wrestle much so that we you legitimately forget he is the perfect chicken shit heel. That he talks so much that then you forget, oh wait, he can go. Really good wrestler. Really fucking good wrestler. Oh, wait, his finish is an arm bar. Like, you know how old school that shit is? Yeah. Oh. Better than you. You knew it. I thought Jericho was going to go over. It was a fine match. Um, The perfect dusty finish. Yes, I was, I was, um, Hoping for I saw I saw Jericho trying to do the lion tamer, but he couldn't get around on you it. Saw that too. <laughs> trying like, to get the lion because I was telling Eric I was like, oh, he's, he's selling his back like he's been shot, so he can get the proper lion tamer and die, and everyone will be like, oh okay, that makes sense. We all tap out to the lion tamer, <laughs> you know, but he couldn't oh. get around on it, so he just did the heavy deep Boston crab. Just awesome. Um, I I'd forgotten all about that. But I remember that in the moment, like, oh, he almost turned it. He almost got it, man. He almost, he tried, he tried to center that, that, angle. that leg without stepping on the back of his head. So he called it. super nerds and don't know what the difference is. Uh, the line tamer is a high angle Boston Crab where he drops the knee on the back of your head. It, he used to do it in WCW because, honestly, there were smaller guys he could do it to. Yes. He didn't do it in WWE because the guys too tall. I thought maybe Mac would fall into the, uh, the range. I think Jericho may just have gotten old. Right in yeah, that moment. He ain't got it. Yeah, he didn't. He, it, that was that was 50-year-old Jericho kind of that was it right there. We have we, 50-year-old Jericho kind of has drips and drops, little leaks, little snippets, little hiccups. <laughs> that was one of them. It was fine though. It was a good quality Boston crab anyway. He's better <laughs> than your he's better than your favorite wrestler at 50. <laughs> yes. yes. I mean that's that's just how I feel about it. Like, hey, I'm a Ric Flair mark, I'm a Sting Mark. He's better than either one was at 50. Absolutely. Absolutely. CM Punk, Darby Allen. Some of us thought they'd get fancy and book our Darby to win. Some things, like you mentioned, Jaron, are very, very fucking simple. No, there's no way. There is no way in the world. And that's that's you can tell. That's that's the vic- that's because we're, we're products of fan abuse. That uh, we're 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 victims <laughs> of because for any of us to think that anyone in the back was going to book Darby Allen to lose in Chicago on CM Punk's debut match so he can start over 0-1. 
start his start his uh, start his return 0 and 1. That's a McMahon thing, and that's because we're all conditioned to think nonsense this is, is this on is the battered. Table. This is battered fan syndrome. Battered fan syndrome. We do. There is no way in the world CM Punk is not going over in this match. Logically, logically in Chicago, no way, dude. If, if Darby wins, we riot. Um, Punk was fantastic. Seven years, not a, an ounce of rust on him. Uh, I thought it was a very, very, very solid match. Darby was the perfect foil because yeah. he could be the base. And I know the images are floating around. Google it. They recreated at least four direct spots from Bret Hart, uh, Lightning Kid, One Two Three Kid from 1994, including that arm drag spot to start the match. Yes. Um, uh, it's I love guys who love wrestling, and this is what happens when the fans of your thing become the creators of your thing. It's happening in comic books right now because there's so many good comics. It's happening wrestlers when your wrestlers are like, hey, man, I used to have – I used to – some of my tattoos are dedicated to UCM Punk, and that's the kind of weird thing that we have to deal with. And now the turn to the punch bowl that was last night. Hey, no, hold on. No, hey, no, I, I might have to defend this match. Go on. You're – I mean, as the – it's a very – I might have to – There's going this. to be an argument made for a cooldown match here. Right. My counterpoint is you just cooled down the crowd after Pinta and the Young Bucks and them did it with the Casino Battle Royale, MJF, and Darby Punk. There and is. at this point, you, if, at the high of Punk and Darby leaving that arena, why are we trying to bring the crowd down? Why would we not take him to a high that you haven't experienced mm-hmm. with a fantastic Christian Cage match? If I was, if I was booking... And this is what we're doing. We're just blowing past the speed limit. We're going to hit a median. We're going to flip 40 times. We're doing it. We're going like we're going. We're going to we're going to dangerous speeds. And this is what we're doing. I agree with you. Um, the only value this match had to me um, was that it was one of the few times the bathroom break match was featured in men. If that makes sense. Ooh. It was something. It was something. Usually this is like growing up. This is like when two divas wrestle in oil or something equally stupid or you know like two uh, like there's like a weird like a supermodel arm wrestling match or something where it's gendered and throwaway so you can wander off for 20 minutes and you know what i mean this is the first time i've ever seen the cool down match where everyone goes and gets more food was just featured dudes all right, all right, all right. Right. So it was, and it was, and it was a cooldown match. It was what it was. It was like we've all been looking at Paul White choke slam people and shoulder block people for thirty years. So it does you know, work. For what it does work. work. It was, it was for what it was. It was still good. It was not throwaway. It was just we've seen this show before. It was just like whatever they play in the elevator. You know, we know this classic, this classic oh. R&B. We know this song. So we all are humming it to ourselves as we're going to get hot dogs or going to the bathroom. We come back. QT Marshall has been summarily destroyed. And uh, yeah, and then we have that hanging thread of a uh, heel Billy Gunn faction turning heel with his boys who, frankly, they look like a pair of heels. So it's about time. <laughs> I, would, I would like to just one... Commend QT Marshall for continuing the tradition of Southern wrestler just looking like a guy, just being a guy, just a guy, just a guy, just a guy. That guy, that guy's waiting alongside you in the oil change place. Like that's the other guy in the in the. Uh, in the yes, room. I like uh, I, I like heel QT Marshall quite a bit. Like I feel like AEW, like one of these. Like, I don't know if we have enough time for it, but AEW has some really good henchmen. 
Like, you know what the problem is? Like, sometimes you tend to find it. That's the problem. QT's in charge. I mean, I mean, they're, I mean, it's, it's like the end of, end boss of a level of Streets of Rage. He's the end boss, but is he? But he is, so it's okay. But he's there, but he's, you know, he's leader of the henchmen. He's, he's the never going to go He's henchman in a different colored shirt. You can't sneak that sprite past me. Um, and the second thing, Tony Khan and the Petties of Petties tracked down the guy who did the whale. It's the big show, and got him to do the well to begin Paul White's theme music. And it's the funniest, goddamn smallest, important thing in the world. And that's the difference because paying attention to that means you care, means it matters. Yes, wrestling was. It seems as though wrestling is a lot of. It seems as though to Tony Khan, wrestling is a lot of stuff that he has no control over, and he knows that. And it's great. And he appreciates that about the medium as opposed to constantly trying to rage against the machine about trying to be the reason why wrestling is this wrestling is of value. And it's, it's nice a value because it's wrestling. And it's wrestling. I like people that like wrestling. Right. I have nothing. I have very little to do with this besides signing checks and having money. And that's fine by me because it's still pretty fucking cool. That's his whole platform. <laughs> it's, it's pretty true at this point. Well, we saw the platform as the main event rolled around. Kenny Omega. Not from North Carolina. I, I love the fact the way they worked that into the intro. Versus Christian Cage, your impactful champion. Um, Kenny Omega, of course, holding the AAA and the AEW World Championships. Fantastic match. Better than the Rampage match. I thought the Rampage match was amazing. The, um, there's a thing that Kenny, there's a spot that Kenny Omega does double foot stomp on the table. Mm hmm. In Japan, those tables are real tables. In the U.S., those tables break. So it was nice to see that table break. Because I've been looking at that spot forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's nice to see the table break. Because in Japan, he always just bounces that table off some guy's sternum. And it's just it like... Just sucks. It just sucks. I was like, but just to see the table sucks. break. Right. So, I mean, it still looked like it hurt. But it, the table the table broke around Christian. Because a man jumped on it with him under oh, it. And sure. it. Thank God. Just... Just never change New Japan, but thank you, AEW, for allowing the table to bend under that spot. Thank you so much. Because it's just visually more impressive. It's a, it, it hurts less, and it's a more impressive spot. So, <laughs> New Japan, please. Just, I get tradition, yes, but please, tables, that, please. That it's table just sucks. That spot sucks. It just hurts. It doesn't look good. <laughs> I'm glad you touched on a very big picadillo of mine. Um, The biggest thing for this match, I would say, again, this is another match. Go watch it. It's... Two guys who know how to fucking wrestle. But Kitty Omega always threatens that second rope one wing angel. Yes. For him to use it against Christian was a very good illustration of the threat Christian was. I thought that was a good way to end that match, not a shenanigans division. Yes. That was uh that was my favorite part. He had to he had to break out the level five super move to uh, get rid of Christian or else this would have gone on. They'd still be wrestling. <laughs> you know? Only only downside to the, the whole event aside from my arguable placement of the uh, Paul White thing is right now at the end of this match, the crowd's a little dead. The crowd's a little, it's been a long day of wrestling. It's a lot of wrestling, a lot of mat time. And you, you wonder to yourself, how are you going to get us out of here? And Kenny gets the mic, he does the old New Japan thing where the top character comes and gives a speech to the crowd. And he says there's no one in AEW signed, alive, or even dead. And then the lights go out. And 
and you can tell him, call me crazy. But I don't know how you find a perfect Adam Cole song that quickly. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like these things are plotted out. Like that's why I was telling I was talking about this. Like the music, whoever like whoever's handling choosing the music for the AEW guys, like it everything is a bop. Like I'm I'm like everything is a bop. They found the perfect Adam Cole music. Better than any music that he's ever had. I didn't mind the Undisputed Era music. Didn't like when he was solo for like, you know, however many months when the group. I love the Undisputed Era music. I hated the solo stuff. Right. And this is the perfect Adam Cole music. Perfect Adam Cole music. And they pull you right into continuity. And one thing I've, since I've rewatched this moment probably 20 times in the last 24 hours, he comes out of the heel tunnel. Yes. He comes out of the heel tunnel, which is interesting. Should have noticed it. No one did. Also, also, we're going to go back. You see CM Punk was about to go into the heel tunnel, and the crowd cheered it, yelled at yeah. him to not go into the wrong tunnel, and he saw one, he stopped, he pointed, and he looked at the crowd, and they're like, no! And he said, this title. He goes, you guys like me? They go, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> like, they're, they're acknowledging it's a huge deal. It's very funny. So, Adam comes out, spinning venom, spinning staring daggers at Kenny Omega, like you said, playing on the history that we all know about it, whether you watched BTE or not, because you didn't know about it, someone you were watching with did. <laughs> and they told you because they couldn't help themselves because they were giddy and the thing they poured their time into on YouTube was finally playing out on national television, albeit pay-per-view. He's staring down Kenny Omega, he says, you know what she did to me, and didn't forget what she did to me. And then he super kicks Jungle Boy. And the shit inning its grin you've ever seen in your life creeps yeah. across that face. At the pole, he's not from Pensacola, but he should be. <laughs> he used to call himself the Panama City Playboy. He's not from Panama City, but he should not be. Not at all. He's from uh, I think he's from like Lancaster, Pennsylvania. He is from he is from HBK's fantasies. They clone HBK in a tube somewhere, but they did not get enough. They just got enough for a smaller version of him. And the, that's what's occurred. For the record, there is, um, Adam Cole is a unique heel that is impossible to duplicate. They've been trying to do Adam Cole for years across several promotions. There's no, I, I realize this now, there's no one like Adam Cole. I realized, I was watching Wing of Honor, they tried to turn Matt Taven into Adam, Adam Cole mm-hmm. when Adam Cole left. It didn't work, he ain't got the range. But no one has the range. And it's so Shawn Michaels like that I don't know. Like I was like the way like his signing isn't like there's like if you think of it as like a football team, the position that he's filled is he's a unique type of heel that allows him to work better with the young bucks even than Kenny. You know you know what he is? Do you what? remember did you ever play in CAA? Uh vaguely. A little bit. He was he's if you recruited an athlete. Fighting <laughs> yeah. spot for him, but right now he's just an athlete. You recruited an athlete. Maybe he's a strong safety. Maybe he's a receiver. We're going to figure out what he can do best for you. But he is an athlete and a one-of-a-kind one because story time with Adam Cole, baby. Like that kind of shit. On what? And uh, Tony Khan said it in the post post-match interview on Wednesday nights when they were going head-to-head, there was one person at NXT he was terrified of. Yes. Yes, it was the only. I mean, it was the only reason. It was. He was let's, carrying the brand. He carried the let's, brand. Let's take a minute and talk about the four-year run because without mm. like going too granular, holy shit, what a four years. 
and the perfect the perfect WWE run. I have never seen a WWE run this perfect. Um, not in my life, actually. Never in my life have I seen someone hit the ground, get on top, stay on top, carry a brand, and um, and then leave right before calamity might have struck. He came because in calamity on top, was struck. On top, and he left on top. And I've never seen anything like it, Aaron. Yeah. And he, not only that, he won over um, back when they were, we were talking about it before the show, when Vince McMahon was fashioning NXT as a proper um, bit of uh, counter-programming to AEW, they were putting over NXT and putting over Cole. Huge. He beat Daniel Bryan in that invasion episode, that emergency episode where half the roster wasn't there. because of the <laughs> Smackdown Live, baby. Smackdown Live. He beat Daniel, Bry- Daniel Bryan clean. And the Survivor Series wrestled a good match with Pete Dunne, but he was the face of NXT. And uh, yeah. The, the, even then, even when he, even the little drips and drops, even the, the cameos on the main rops, roster, he won over. They had something really they, special with him, and they blew it. That's like we can dress up the rest of it, and yeah, people make decisions. Da, da, da. Even the next thing about talking about, you can talk about decisions being made. Adam Cole was it, and he was one of the guys who, pre this indie, was openly saying, "I want to be a WWE champion." Yes. You're always gonna have those. Everyone's like, "Oh, WWE's dried up." Dude, there's someone out there right now who you think's the best indie guy ever, who always ever dreamed is to be John Cena. Right. And Adam Cole was that guy, and they turned him. They they didn't do. I'm not saying they turned him off because he's been very effusive and his praise of his time there. I would too if for three years of it, Shawn Michaels was telling me how to be a better wrestler. I too would be like, "This was a great place. Nothing wrong here. Wish they could have kept me." Yeah. But this was, you're right, this was the only decision. And when that super kick hit Jungle Boy in the jaw, oh, buddy. Yeah, dude, we have, we have, we have, we have now the creature, the, we now have the pieces in place for the proper elite, because I'm not going to lie, like, the, the elite with um, Gallows and Anderson is funny, but not great, not good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, in terms of wrestling matches. Oh, you know, like we can, you're 100% right, sir. Right. So it's like Cole, Omega, and the Bucks as a group for eight months before they inevitably implode and have the bullet. Like whenever Kenny drops the belt, there's a natural storyline to let whomever beats him. I assume Hangman. We're just, I assume we're just waiting for Hangman to maybe properly father it up, then come back. And then we can begin that program again for like next year or whatever. But um, the so if he beats Omega there would be a natural reason to have the Bullet Club Civil War they've been teasing for a year and a half have it finally blow up. Because now there are Bullet Club, there's a Bullet Club Civil War happening from three different directions. So that would be a natural thing for to, to keep Kenny cool after the after whenever he loses the belt. And also just as a faction, the elite now get put on better matches because again, Gallows and Anderson are funny, are good characters, but I don't, the quality of wrestling it would shoots up with Cole involved, just like those war game matches with the Undisputed Era. And and it's largely Gallows' fault. Um, I, I, it's not Anderson's. Um, and then the beginnings of that WWE theme hit the music, and then Final Countdown hit the music, and then someone added some beat, blacked it up a little bit, and Brian Danielson came walking out with his hair in a top knot and a smile. Come out as a, a conquering baby face. Can't stop smiling, bro. Sorry. 
Can't stop smiling. I'm I'm so excited for the American Dragon gimmick because American Dragon he used to bend everybody like a pretzel, and I want to watch that again. He was such a tiny, violent man in Ring of Honor. I I, I want. When he that. stood next to Jungle Boy, and they were the same height. I was like, oh yes, oh yes. yes. Everyone gets to get. Everyone's going to get their limbs bent backwards. Did you Everyone's see the post match when uh, Tony Khan? He's talking to Tony. He said, "I love when Punk came out and spoke about you know wanting to help the young guys. Now I want to kick their fucking heads in." <laughs> like there's a there's a generation of wrestling fans who don't know. I I swear a lot, Brian Danielson. <laughs> they just know yes. like when Daniel, Daniel Bryan was like he said, "I respect the yes chance. Don't know if it's intellectual property, but I'm trying to you know give them what's theirs." But I do respect it, and I see it, man. Yes, Daniel Bryanson is a tiny violent. Like, like, we need to make sure we've said this. You're listening to the show. If you're unfamiliar, Daniel Bryanson is a tiny. The American Dragon is a tiny violent man. He is going to tap people out. He is going to get bloody. He is going to kick everyone very stiffly, very, very stiff in the chest. And that's what's going to. We're going to get that until he retires. <laughs> Just to be brave. There's, there's no more of the yes chance and all that stuff. That was good vibes. He's going to kill Brian, people. Like, Brian, not unlike Samoa Joe. Yes, he's going to kill you. Yes. If, you, if you're curious, you can Google this. Go YouTube this. You're going to get your fucking head kicked in. It doesn't sound like it'd work as a chant, but it does. <laughs> yes. If you're wondering why Aaron and I are giddy, it's because it does. So, quick rapid fire round before I get out of here. Aaron, what did you think of CM Punk in trunks or in tights? Um, well, when I remember when I, at the peak of his powers, he was kind of like, um, he was kind of an undefined skinny, wobbly skinny. Mm-hmm. And now he looks so, and now he looks great, but he's wearing the trunks. He's wearing the tights. And I'm just like, it's weird. You look better than you've ever looked. <laughs> You're right. not wearing the trunks, but you know, I mean, you know, he, I, he, thought, we, I thought we'd get MMA shorts. Uh, uh, MMA, no more, no, MMA, that, that's, that's too I never, I thought you know, He wanted to wear those when he was in WWE. I thought he'd at least wear them. As ring gear, especially since we saw Malachi Black come out them originally and then go away from them. I thought maybe Punk could stake the claim, but I'm maybe overthinking some things. Um, tag team matches. How how long do you want to see York had to cover this? The Lucha Brothers reign supreme over that division. Sixteen months. <laughs> 16 they are months. sixteen months. Listen. <laughs> Listen, they are the greatest. Like, well, what, let them be the belt collectors. Let them be the tag team belt. Like, give them the Triple A tag belts. Let them on Impact. Like, they're the best tag team ever. They deserve this. You know, let them cut their promos in Spanish. Let them feud with Japanese wrestlers. Like, get fucking translators in here. Make it fucking Mexican. Let's fucking do. We have the precedent. Did you see them when they were in um? I forgot Lucha Underground. They did yeah. the fucking thing. They both did it. It's already been done. Just do it. Don't be cowards. Do it. Translators. Have them wrestle with Japanese wrestlers, Mexican wrestlers, all Spanish promos, whatever. They can do it. 16 months. They've earned this. <laughs> Who's the Brian match you want the most right now? Um, they gave you the pen and said, Aaron, you can write the main event for, for Wednesday night. No story needed. Daniel Bryan wants to wrestle. Who are you going to book him against? One match. Oh, well, shit. Um, that's a really, that's a really interesting question. I mean, the natural one is CM Punk, but 
I mean, but yeah, I mean, they have a lot of history in trying to kill each other. <laughs> I, I had an answer before the weekend, and after this weekend, I have a completely different one. What is it? So before the weekend, my answer was Malachi Black. I just really wanted that match. After the weekend, I really wanted to wrestle Daniel Garcia. I just think. Oh, we got Daniel Garcia. They're in the they're an elite henchman trio again. They're so no. be, they're so believably violent and bloodthirsty. Like it's really strike. Like I said henchmen. Like a, there are a they lot of just old. fired 2.0. Like that's the, I'm like 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 the ones the 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 castoffs we don't think about are blowing up. What are you doing? What? Mm. And you know what's funny? And this is the last thing I'll say. The worst thing about this is Vince McMahon is right. His machine works. He just doesn't believe in who it works for. All those WWE guys, they're out of his machine. They're over. He just doesn't want them to be over. Yo, Adam Cole is so much more over than he was four years ago. This is so, like, he played this shit so like, I, no, Adam Cole won. Fuck AEW, fuck WWE. Adam Cole won. Adam Cole won. The machine works. Look at Daniel Bryan. Look at Ruby Soho. These wrestlers are over. Despite Vince McMahon's best efforts, the machine works. Just for who bothers him deeply. And he's willing to tank his whole promotion because he doesn't believe in who it works for. And that's fascinating. My last question, and this is a serious one because I, I just answered it for myself. What is your weekly schedule look like for wrestling now? Because mine is down to AEW, Dynamite, Rampage, and then SmackDown. That's all I'm in. I'm out on Raw. Keep your new NXT. I'll hear, I'll read about it on the dirts. I'll see if I want to get back into it. But right now, those are the three things I'm willing to commit to. Here's the deal. Um, we do we do AEW Impact New Japan here. And Ring of Honor highlights. I actually will tell you right now, I miss WWE for large swaths of time now. They're, they're now they're now pulling so many guys that I value out of WWE. Like the like it used to be yeah. a matter of me like liking some of the guys that were in WWE, but they're pulling so many guys out that at this point I'm just waiting for contracts to be up. Until the shuffle, there's a lot of the guys we like on SmackDown. Owens is there, Sammy's there, Roman's doing his thing, right. Apollo Crews is there, Biggie's there. Like that's why I'm watching SmackDown. A lot right. of the people I like happen to be on SmackDown. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not watching SmackDown. Um, it's a the problem now with WWE programming is now there's not great television in the era of the greatest television across the board. Everything mm. is at its peak. Comic books, comic book television. Um, network television stories streaming things like wwe puts on bad television like as a broadcast it's bad so it's not something i want to watch it's like it's like it's hard to do that because i thought we have a certain amount of standards and practices that affect how you know what things things most things have a flow to them from beginning to end even if they're not for us wwe puts on bad shows smackdown is their best show and it's not good in terms of an actual minute-to-minute broadcast and that's their best show and it's just not it's not something I want to watch. Even impact impact is better. Impact right, is so, punchy. Right, right, we punch. reached the hour. Reached the hour. You're saying it's things not. again. Listen, listen, I know you're about to call the police. I know, I'm it's fine. Broadcasting is a lot of common sense shit. And WWE is skipping a lot of the broadcast common sense shit. And you know this. And it's bad when I can say impact is a better broadcast because it knows what it's doing and it's not trying to do anything more or anything less. It's hard. It, the worst thing about a show is when it becomes discordant. WWE programs are strangely discordant. There were weird breaks 
strange things that happen, strange commercial breaks. It doesn't make sense. There's clearly no plan. SmackDown has more of a plan, but Raw has no plan, clearly. Uh, from... we're not, we don't talk about Raw, Raw now. Right. And they got black cha- a black champion I can't watch. Ain't that some shit, Raw? Anyway. Aaron, will you do me the favor of telling everyone where they can find you when you're not talking about wrestling with me? But again, thank you for doing this. Yeah, um, listen, I enjoy this quite a bit. Um, you can find me um, uh, listening uh, the ADD Space podcast, Concast podcast um, on the Unreasonable Fridays podcast network. That's um, you can go. I think it's UN Fridays. It's UN podcast, unfpodcast.com, and UN Fridays is on Twitter. Is a Twitter handle. And if you want to look for me, it's ANS Freeman, ANS Freeman on Twitter. If you just want to um, argue with me about how much I love Impact, which you can't because so much of Impact is now on AEW. The shit you're cheering is Impact shit. So fuck off. Don't, don't I said see. it. Fight me. That's like me trying to be like, this is all WCW, just after a really, it's like if you froze WCW for 20 years. I can't do that. You can't do this. No. I'm doing it. We didn't free, we didn't listen. Those wrestlers got, those wrestlers got given the shaft. The Lucha Brothers were, the Lucha Brothers were carrying impact two, three years ago. Recent. Recent. Didn't you guys rename the Bucks something else? Weren't they? Gener- oh, TNA, yes. Generation Me, yes. Okay, yeah, I'm leaving. We're out of here. You yeah. cannot claim any success. Do you want to talk about that's a TNA from 10 years ago? Sure. We can talk about they, can, they had Okada. No. They had Okada on the bench. They had, there they had is no outro. Thank you for listening. I'm sorry for Aaron. See you guys <laughs> next time.